You know, before a trapdoor concert, we would all get together and we'd call it stepping through the trapdoor. We take all the day's work, all the things in our lives, and then we'd step through it and we go on with the show and yeah. we were through the door. Today, we're just going to open up a little bit with some sad news and then we'll step through the trapdoor uh, into our regular show. We just found out that an hour or so ago, one of our favorite guests, Ralph Baer, had passed away. How old was he there, Kyle? Uh, 92 years old. 92. He was a real special interview to me. He insisted on doing a video interview. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought we talked about it on Interview Starcade. Yeah. And uh, he just would not listen to me that <laughs> the sound was horrible. And it was very much about the. Uh the visual he really you know? yes he really wanted to have that type of connection for the interview and if if you're unfamiliar with who ralph bear is he was the man that first created the odyssey and the odyssey was the first in-home console and you can listen to our interview with him because a lot of people call him the father of video games. He was definitely uh, one of the pioneers, uh, somebody who, if there was a Mount Rushmore of video game mm. trailblazers and uh, founding fathers would definitely be uh, among them. He definitely led a full life, had a lot of inventions, a lot of patents. Oh, yeah, because we uh, also have the Simon. Right, from Milton Bradley, and he had a uh, true passion mm. uh, for not just video games, but games in general. That's what he really tried to bring out in the interview. Humans have always been playing games. Yeah, and he didn't see it as a, a waste of time. He saw it as like an important <laughs> part of our uh, of our culture, yeah. you know, of our yeah. genome. It's something that we had to do. He made that very clear during <laughs> the interview. Me. He corrected me, even though I was half joking. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention that that's kind of sad. Now, I don't know how much impact we had on him, but he certainly had an impact on We Talk Games from the time we interviewed him on. And yeah. I will never forget <laughs> watching him from his desk in maybe some type of uh, man cave of some sort. I can only imagine his office. I don't know really where it was located, but I, that's the imagination I'm going to go with. And uh, it just sounded like he was broadcasting from Mars, but we did it. We did the whole thing. <laughs> so it's a happy time, really. I mean, um, to celebrate someone's life. It makes me reflect on the short time they touched my life and the happy way he touched my life. Yeah. If so. you haven't heard that interview, please go and listen to it. It's it's illuminating. It's good. It's mm. a good um, benchmark for the history of video games. I'll repost that interview on Twitter. Okay. Mr. Bear, you will be missed. Mm. And with that, let's step through the trap door and sting me, baby. Sting me. The following podcast may contain a shitload of popular profanity. From Mighty Trapdoor Mansion, high atop Tent Hill, it's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine, featuring Frank Hemblin, Horace Pengrove, William Bentley III, with Stinky the Game Master, T.T. Schmootkins, Tishka Honeypot, Alex Greenspan, and Cut Cockbirth!
friends to another episode of we talk games arcade weekly today we continue holiday haymakers Foot, pow 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 kick pow flip not net, whip snap crackle pop lights camera actions action jackson the redhead one is the most expensive i'm wiggly by the friends way and on the skype pike uh, that's kyle von cubic on there Deck the halls right in their fucking mouth. <laughs> oh, this episode, we were, we were supposed to be work safe because I think we could have done this one work safe because there's not My a bad. lot to complain about. Hey, fuck it. Uh, it's it's the, holidays. the holidays. Yeah. For the kids. I was, <laughs> I was, yeah, let's do co-op for kids this year. Okay. <laughs> so I could quit again for another two years. <laughs> Shut down the show. I was a little late for today's show. I had to put on a shirt. I don't like to do a, a show without my shirt on. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. stinky sneaks up, starts rubbing me all over with oils. Tis the season. <laughs> I don't understand that. <laughs> Mike, Mike Fritz in the booth, by the way. Yo. Mike, I don't know. I've been like blown out. Well, you know what? Uh, we had a, like a professional to do a, a voiceover for some Catholic college radio uh, spot on Pandora. Did you ever hear of this? Pandora. Who cares? We got to get in this game. Anyway, he, he, he talked like a mouse. So we had to make the, the mic hot. and so Like a know. church mouse? <laughs> <laughs> nice guts. Nice guts, I'll say. I'll tell you what. A lot of guts going on in this game. You know why nice guts, don't you? Because this is a great lungfish joint. <laughs> lungfish was the game planner. He made three games that I know of. Well, this. This is 1990s Data East's The Cliffhanger. Don't get it confused with Cliffhanger, the loop in the third uh, driving FMV type of game with the thing. One of those barely <laughs> games, but they looked amazing. No, that was the gamer's game in the Dragon Lair type of game genre. Definitely better than Dragon's Lair. But still, it's still barely you can't, a game. You can't. <laughs> it is a great game. All right. It's no uh, time fighters what was oh yeah uh, uh time i think it's just called time traveler right yeah it might be called time traveler the, yeah that's the awful graphic game it's awful but i'll tell you what man you couldn't get in to play that that was crap i know i know i remember being a kid and being like I, it's so real because <laughs> it was it projected a uh, motion video onto that little play field where they had some uh actual you know, geometric shapes on there, and it was very convincing when I was younger. If you follow us on Twitter and Facebook, you would have seen it. I posted a picture of that cabinet recently. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so I think I mentioned as well, I have I have the DVD of it, which you play with. <laughs> you play it with a DVD controller. I remember when those came out. Yeah, man. They, they made, uh, those games, the LaserDisc games, are coming out on DVD. Yeah, they made uh, Space Ace and uh, Dragon's Lair. Dragon's Lair, and you've played them with your remote control. Because well, why not? You know, left, right, enter. Yeah. Today we're going to be talking about The Cliffhanger, and it's a little confusing. Edward Randy. You think his name's Edward Randy? It's not. It's Edward, period, Randy. So it could be Edward or Randy if you played a second player, I think. 
Oh, okay. It's hard I didn't to see that. It's hard to tell. You know, it is a two-player game. You both look alike. You dress alike. You walk alike. You talk alike. Sometimes Maybe you're even not alike. One guy's Randy Edward. And the other guy's Edward Randy. That would make more better. But Lungfish also brought out Kuga. Operation Code Vapor Trail. He brought that out for Daddy East as well. Although Hudson was also involved. That was a shooter. Here's where it ties in. His latest game in the year 2000 for mm. some company was called Gutson. Oh, okay. G-U-T-X. I thought the connection was guts with lungs and a fish. That's why I left. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, no, uh, Lungfish is actually the, the game planner. Uh, guts in is not even hyphenated. It's just G-U-T-S, capital N. Owns one uh. word. And it is a pu- it's this game that we need to review for the show. <laughs> because right. it's some, types of, some type of block matching game. But there's a cute chibi nurse with like a giant syringe. That nice sticks into the blocks and makes them <laughs> sad. I don't know if she's drawing blood out of them or what. Sounds horrifying. Yeah. It's going to happen. Okay, here they come. And do they come? You are plunged right into the action. This is a shifting perspective holiday haymaker. No level that isn't completely in motion. There's no time when you're just standing around. Something's no. moving. You got you're on a train, which I love, the et cetera, et cetera. Here's my making mechanics. Now, it's not complete. I sort of threw it together. But uh, I believe all these games tie in somewhat. Space Harrier, Sega, mm-hmm. Indiana Jones, Atari 1985, by the way. This was the first Atari System 1 arcade game to contain digitized speech, voice oh. samples from the movie, and also the real score. This will play into uh, some other uh, the rest of the holiday haymaker lists as well because they're haymakers sure double dragon i believe we yep. need to mention for technos 1987 although you know you don't do any throws you don't do uh, s- certain things like this but definitely a bionic commando capcom 1987 I talked about Bionic Commando before and how disappointed I was with this game. I thought you were going to be playing Jamie Summers and, right. you know, fucking Monty Markman, the $7 million man. <laughs> you remember him? <laughs> no. Yeah, I thought you were going to be playing, playing against a Fembot or Maskatron or something or Bionic Bigfoot at least. You don't even fight a Bigfoot. So in Japan, that was called Top Secret. I wish they would have stuck with that because stuck with that, that made sense because I think you look at a folder that says Top Secret on it, but mm-hmm. I could be wrong. That could be a million other games and i need to mention spider-man which came out in 1991 now this of course um cliffhanger edward randy came out in 1990 and then spider-man by sega 1991 some similar play mechanics as we'll get into first of all i'm love this game it's terribly short yes however it's short because you have to remember that we're talking about arcade games with chips and boards. So they pack like an hour game into this 20 minutes or 15 minutes, whatever it takes for you to complete. I think this is probably one of the most ambitious pixel games that I've seen in the arcade. For the year, most definitely. Yeah. 
we have the luxury of getting more credits with a keystroke, whereas in the arcade, I don't imagine you'd go through this game uh, quite as quickly as you can in MAME because you'd need to shell out quite a bit of cash to see the ending because it, it's very um, assaulting right off the bat. There's a lot happening and you got to wrap your head around it real quick, especially the mechanics of using the whip. Mm-hmm. Even though it is short, I, I think for its era, it was a good length. And it, there was enough there to, you know, justify. It's not super short. It's super short because we're playing it through MAME. But I got pretty good at this. And I, and, and I, I guess it does depend on the dip switches. Yeah. Because <laughs> we'll have to ask John. Let's go, uh, let's, let's go to John right now about the dip Cause, switches. Because if, if you have, if the, if the attendant had it on easy, which, you know, if you blow them in the back, you'll set your games on easy. <laughs> you might even drop a few totally worth in there. It. Yeah. Hey. You might want to play through this twice just to see the the funny ending. It actually has an ending. It has a story, and oh, I forgot to write down the story. Anyway, I, I guess his oh, a a lot girl of gets kidnapped. Yeah. Help you with that. Oh, uh, M. Bison uh, <laughs> captures a good scientist, yeah. but makes him help him create a doomsday device, some sort of large mechanical monster. But to operate this monster, they need a prism. The professor very wisely put the prism with his granddaughter, a child. Right, that's a child endangerment. Completely endangering, <laughs> yes, his family. And then M. Bison captures her. And then um, Edward, Randy, Randy Edward, <laughs> Edward or Randy, is just out on a boat with his girlfriend and somehow gets involved in this. Now, I don't know if it was just my Ron, but in the beginning it does show you this story in like comic book form where it shows yeah. panels uh-huh. and a little bit of text to tell you what's going on. But the last two panels flash up real quick and then it goes to the title screen. Oh. So so something happens there where Edward Randy gets involved and um, somehow gets the prism. And so they're after him with his girlfriend and then they capture his girlfriend and they make the trade off. But now... Edward's invested in this, so he, he's going to see to it that uh, M. Bison is stopped. Fortunately, he has his whip with him. <laughs> yes. His, his yeah, whip big with Indiana Jones influence oh, on yeah. this. But if I could go a little more abstract with your making mechanics. Yes, please. Um, the vibe I got from this game was Boogie Wings. And Boogie Wings came out two years later from Data East. Okay. But the perspective of this game and what you were doing hit a lot of notes of Boogie Wings. Now, obviously, this is a a brawler and Boogie Wings is a shooter, but the biplanes and the pseudo Nazis Mm -hmm. and the whipping around and hooking onto things, it kept hitting all these Boogie Wing notes for me. So I was like, this is kind of like a little prequel to what was going on on the ground in Boogie Wings. Right. Uh, There's dirigibles and zeppelins and things like that so not as much wackiness you have to wonder if that's edward or or it could um, be gary we'd have to go back i think <laughs> edward and look. Edward. but um not not, a, not as wacky and crazy as boogie wings no but definitely hits a lot of those notes and for more contemporary game players this would be your nathan drake in a like 16-bit arcade game mm. Uncharted, if it was condensed into a 16-bit arcade game, that's what you're getting out of this. So the the cinematic experiences you're getting on your current consoles is what this arcade game was trying to do, and I believe it was doing it very successfully. It feels super cinematic. Definitely, and like I mentioned, the game design is great, and it does have that shifting perspective, much like Metroid M. People love yeah. that game, you know? Yeah, I why do people bag on that game? Why do they poop on it? I think it, the story is really the bad. The story that's, that's is. is tedious. If they yeah. would have 
came out with a patch so you could skip the story. But the gameplay is just really innovative when it works. You know, sometimes your Wiimote fails a bit when you switch to the first person stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, this game here, you're riding boats, you're riding cars, you're doing all different types of things where sometimes you can fall off and you're running like a nut towards the screen. <laughs> yes. Hilarious. Or is that stage three when there's a giant truck behind oh, you? Oh, it's like a bulldozer that, that's jacked up, you know? He's it's doing like his a- best cabal dance to get out of the way. <laughs> But first you're starting to go from uh, left to right and then you're on these boats and then you make a turn Mm -hmm. and you turn right into the screen and now you're rushing forward towards the screen and that's the different viewpoints of this title. I think you also go up. Yeah, you do go up. There's a platforming stage later on. Right, 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 right. Oh! uh, Girders are falling apart. Perspective is played with a lot. If if you're a fan of the arcade games where the adversaries were thrown toward the screen... That's another thing, yeah. That happens. Or the adversary is closer to you on the screen. You know, your character is further. um, The foreground, the background. Background. Foreground, background. Thank you. They play with that a lot. It's amazing. I was very impressed with what they they were doing, especially when I looked at the year 1990 and I looked, was this like, was this a special board set or something? No, this is standard arcade hardware. They didn't do anything special. They took what they had and they, and they really amazing with it. There's not a lot of like parallax scrolling or what have you, but, um, just the way that they did play with the foreground, the background, the way that they did like a Dutch angle on the background art to give another depth of perspectives, particularly when you're flying around on um, biplanes and you're jumping from one biplane to another. Oh, it's just amazing. Really, the, the artwork is what hooks you in and the music. The music is incredible in this game. I've talked with you and John off the line. What's hard about arcade music was a lot of times in the arcade, you couldn't appreciate it. But thankfully now, when you can take these games alone and play them at your leisure on whatever device you're using to emulate them on, you can really appreciate something like good music. Where when it was in the arcade, everything was buzzing, humming. A lot of times the arcade machines were turned off so they could play just regular Mm -hmm. music. This is one game that you got to play for the art and you got to play for the music. It's truly incredible. It's cinematic. Very cinematic. That's that's what I kept going back to when I was playing this game. This is a cinematic game. And that's why the Neo Geo had headphone ports. Oh, really? Yeah, the Neo Geo cabinets had headphone ports. And they also, of course, had the um, the memory card ports. So you could save games from where you left off on the Neo Geo memory chips. It looks like a credit card, a little bit thicker. And then you could play your games at your home or your friend's home and continue from there if you so chose Mm-hmm. They're hard to come by, and some of the batteries are dead. I have two of them, and their batteries are still working. So that's something to say, because, cool. you know, we're talking 1990. Speaking of 1990, Cyberlip also came out in 1990 by SNK. And has mm-hmm. a similar play mechanic. It's sort of like a better version of Bionic Commando, but you, you're shooting guns. Here, you're strictly Indiana Jones whipping. The whip yeah. has, a like, a spike on the end of it, which is, I don't know what that does, but you definitely can swing around like Spider-Man with yourself onto certain elements like the biplane or things above you or you knock some enemies off of these hang gliders and you can swing from that for a short amount of time this has all the elements of a game that i love the first boss stage you have the best train that i uh, you love choo-choo on. trains i love choo-choo trains <laughs> i love this train because the cars actually move back and forth with that little bit of play that trains have in the different car sections mm-hmm. there's pixel smoke i love pixel smoke i'm a big fan of that <laughs> 
<laughs> in fact, the game contains some of my other favorite pixel elements, uh, giant rock wall, walk wall, <laughs> the giant rock walls pixels that I mentioned mm-hmm. in AB Cop with road scaling effects like Sega's yes. Ratmobile. What, what, now, what did you call it when, when you were in the clouds? The Dutch angle perspective yeah, Dutch of the angle. background? What's that? It's where it's, it's tilted. Oh. Where they, you know what that is. No, this is the first time I'm hearing of it. Batman 66. It was all Dutch angles. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Not the video game in 1966. That would be silly. Yeah, there is no Batman <laughs> 66 arcade game. But the television show was a big f- fan of having all the villains be on screen with a Dutch angle. So the camera was tilted mm-hmm. to the side. Now, what they do in this game when you're flying around on biplanes is they do that to the background to give it this perspective of it's a very far drop down. Oh, man. And it feels that way. And when your enemies go flying off there, it, it happens first where you're running towards the camera, but you don't notice as much when you right. start kicking enemies or if you get killed yourself and you see these guys just tumbling forever <laughs> into the <laughs> yes. distance. You're in the middle of a cloud bank. I mean, you're the clouds below you, clouds above you. And these people, you know, are just tumbling in agony to their death, pissing themselves, at, <laughs> you know, for no, <laughs> you hear a lot of voice sampling in this too. Oh, yeah. Where they repeat the same thing over and over again. And, you know, that's a drawback, I think, on some of the games. This one in particular, because the Neo Geo had, that's all they did. Every time someone did something, they made a different noise. But I yeah. liked the acting on this. This one well, got a little, little it got uh, repetitive. repetitive. Yeah. 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 You heard it a lot. Here's a few drawbacks for me, and maybe we'll agree on this. The sound effects with the voice sampling, yes, it did get repetitive and tiresome. And we've already talked about the length of the game. I, I wish it was a little bit longer. Even though there was a lot of things happening and they changed it up each stage with the different set pieces, like I'm on the train and now I'm in a car and mm-hmm. I'm on a biplane. The enemies made it feel very repetitive at times. Where I'm just like, I've, I've hit so many of these blue Nazis in the face yeah. and I've hit so many of these green Nazis in the face. So much so that when the scissoring sisters with the lightning <laughs> came down, oh, I they was look, like, they what look the like- hell just happened? Where do these people come <laughs> yeah. from? You're on a biplane way and all of a sudden these two women come down yeah. and they're shooting fucking lightning lightning at you <laughs> and this is the first you've seen of anything like this they, so it took me by surprise i wish there was a few more of those surprises yeah what are you gonna say about them they look like mantis if you remember her she she did a brief stint in the avengers okay uh, in the 1970s very obscure character not as obscure as moon dragon who is also very obscure. But yeah, I'm sure they'll be like movies Mantis. made. Yeah, that would be great. I can't wait till they make her dress all in black leather, you know. Uh, Moon Dragon was a lady that had a bald head and uh, a big giant collar and like a string bikini type of thing and used her mind powers. So now they'll make her all in leather with a leather hat and, uh, you know, long blonde hair and shooting laser beams out of her hands back to the game Uh, yeah the the controls this could just be again because i'm emulating this but the controls didn't feel really tight for me they felt kind of loose and the hit detection was a little loose i that's the way i felt about it i don't know if you felt the same way i got pretty good at this game i could get full levels without getting into pinch 
Oh, okay. Pinch in all capitals. Yeah, <laughs> describe that. Uh, pinch means that you're on your last set of lives, your last set of hearts. And you have a lot of hearts, but it might as well be two hearts because some villains just knock the crap out of you. And, and all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I had eight hearts and now I have nothing. I didn't so. have a great understanding of the power meter next to it. I, I saw that it was going up when I would hit enemies and not take any damage myself. Mm. Are you stronger when that is a higher metric? Or is that in relation to your life? Well, I'll tell you. I have no idea. I completely <laughs> yeah, missed <right>? that. <laughs> I, these numbers next to your hearts, and they scroll up as you're hitting dudes, and it says power mm-hmm. up. And when you take hits, it says power down. Wow. And I was like, oh, is okay. this life? But then I realized that the numbers were going higher than where they started when I was hitting dudes. But I wasn't hitting anybody stronger. Most of the Nazis take a whip to the face, they're out. Right. I didn't have a super understanding of that. Maybe it is in relation to power, because later on, when you're fighting larger enemies, there is, at the bottom of the screen, their power, and it's a very huge number. Mm-hmm. So maybe if your number is, is higher, you're hitting them at a higher damage. I'm not exactly sure. The only other thing I wish that was in this game, and again, these are all like little nitpicking things. There are no weapons other than your whip, as, as you already true. discussed. And I would have liked having a machine gun or, or having a pistol yeah. or throwing a knife. It would have added to that cinematic feeling of what they were going for. Clearly, heavy Indiana Jones influences, but you got to go further back. It's heavy 1920s, 30s serial action flicks that yeah. they would play before an actual feature. And that's where the cliffhanger, cliffhanger. name comes from because right. b- between each stage, it's a cliffhanger. What's going to happen next? Yeah. I failed to mention the cliffhanger movie genre in the uh, making mechanics. Also, uh, I wanted to mention Contra Hardcore because you have that same type of uh, ball jointed characters like I mentioned in Gun Bitch as well. <laughs> and uh, the biplane levels and the triplanes, oh, when you're goodness. above the Raging River, you're, you're sort of on these pontoon boats for a little while. And this river is just crazy artwork, crazy amount of time spent moving these pixels around with a giant canyon and a huge waterfall in back, back of you. And after that boss, the boss, um, I don't want to give too much away, but it's sort of like this pretty scary robot, I think, that is continuation from the previous level. He's a robot with nothing to lose. He knows he's not going to make it through this battle. And so he's is he even complete. To... I don't think he's even completed by the time you fight him. Because <laughs> I think it blew him apart in the first well, time. I, yeah, and I, now I, he's don't, coming don't back. Spoil it, don't spoil oh, it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, nothing happens. But I'm saying even in the, the first time when you fight him, he Gob looks Stopper like he's still dies. Willy Wonka dies. <laughs> Joystick. The pirate dies. Then the planes take off to the skies. And that is just so awesome. It's it's sad that that's the last stage of the game. You're high above the ground. I love that feeling. I always bring up that one TurboGrafx game that has just a little section where you see sky. And another part that gives me that sensation is that one tiny level in... Mercs. Remember Mercs? I do remember Mercs. You might even miss it, but you go you're going up this big mountain and then at the one point you could walk over to the right and you could see down the valley below the cliff. And Magician Lord has it a little bit too at the one point, I think. And the video game I always mention is Spriggan, and that's where you are above the clouds and scrolling beneath you, even though it's on the Turbo Graphics, it's a PC Engine uh, CD. In fact, it's only Japanese. And, and Spriggan 2 doesn't do it, which is uh, sad. But Spriggan 1, there's these just little gaps in the full white clouds that you see ground, and they really did 
a wonderful color palette that you, you got that sensation of height. Mm. So you're below the clouds. It's scary. If you're scared of being stuck on an airplane, walking around on the wings above a giant countryside, you will get that <laughs> sensation on here. And then you go between the clouds and it feels so real. And then, oh, so no, lightning. Real. It's so real. <laughs> I wish I could remember who that was. <laughs> oh, that was a shitty baseball game, too. And then you're above all the clouds, and then it rains and lightning storms. And then, as you mentioned, you fight the mantises. And the end boss is, like you said, M, you fight M. Bison. <laughs> he changes yeah, come on, homeboy looks like M. Bison. <laughs> he changes his outfit a little bit. But I got good at that level as well, because you're on a, on a supersonic rocket. And this mm-hmm. doesn't ruin anything, rocket plane. And the rocket plane does these flippy floppies. Love and as it, as it spins around, you are able to do the jump time properly to land back on the fuselage without falling off. And I played through this, I think, two or three times. Each time I went through, I got better and better at playing it. It is a button masher, you know, like a lot of punch and kick games. But yeah, I was able to actually use strategy in this. And, and I'm not saying this is a great strategy game. And I'm not right. saying you might ever use strategy on it because <laughs> uh, it's just so visually stunning. And Daddy did a fantastic job. Yes, the enemies are repetitive. But to me, the repetitiveness of these enemies made sense. And thankfully, because it was a shorter game, I didn't get sick of them. We'll, do we wrap up, punch you in the face Christmas with the shitty game I threatened a long time ago? Uh, no, it's uh, it, that's actually the week of Christmas, though. Oh, it is a week of Christmas. Yeah, so, so Merry it's, Christmas. it's a present of turds for everybody. <laughs> Merry Christmas. But we'll talk about repetitive. <laughs> we'll talk about repetitive enemies yes. uh, in that. So th- maybe playing it around the same time that I revisited this other turd uh, made me uh, a little bit more forgiving yeah and by no means am i saying it's a bad game because of it it makes sense like you said because it is hordes of nazis okay i get it if a couple guys had a flamethrower or you know a couple guys just different weapons like there was a flamethrower enemy in there but by the point they came into the game it was kind of like uh yeah but i've been fighting all these other guys and then they didn't show up again Mm -hmm. i would have just liked some more diversity in my nazis (laughs) gerbils could have been in there of course (laughs) and all the other stuff that we sh- we don't want to go down that path. No, like, it seems like every episode. <laughs> yeah, every episode we get more and more Nazis. This is definitely Nazis because, like you mentioned, it is Indiana Jones ripoff. But yeah. one of the other things I want to mention about it is that this is more about the adventure. It's not based on getting to the end boss. It's really about the ride there. Yes. Your cars, you could pop wheelies with these these old uh, jalopies. You can mm-hmm. uh, go on a side wheelie and that deflects the grenades and things that your enemies shoot you at you. You can whack guys off their motorcycle with the door. Yeah. just And then you could skid out. Yep. And just really, uh, it's so many attack types of moves. As you mentioned, no, no real power-ups to speak of. So I don't really miss big boss endings because most of this is set up like a shooter like that big giant battleship that you fight in a shooting game where you have to go around the entire battleship and take out one turret at a time etc things like that so it has that play element into it and that east they're really good at their haymaker titles so happy holiday haymakers i like that game 
go out and play it. It's going to be a fun experience. It's something that, yes, I believe you'll go back to. And it's something that you'll want to show a friend. And as far as uh, a brawler is concerned, is it the best brawler I've ever played? No. But is it the most cinematic brawler I've ever played? It's definitely up there. Yeah. To me, as I mentioned, probably one of the most pixel pushing games that you'll see before they went to polygons and and things of this nature. Hey, uh, join us on social media, Facebook page, We Talk Games podcast, or you can at We Talk Games on the Twitter and and flash forward our friends. Hashtag flash forward then. (laughs) (laughs) Follow back Friday. Is that what that is? That's what that is. We are getting more and more other game related podcasts and creators and just a great community. Be a part of it. Retweeting us and we tweeting them and tweeting each other. Scissor sisters tweeting. (laughs) This is We Talk Games. I hope that you like us and we'll. Oh, our clues. Clues, man. Clues. I don't. My clue is going to be going to have some fun tonight. 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 That's a great clue. Yeah, uh, my you. clue is face huggers make a great stocking stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> I guess it could be one of like th- three games in the arcade, maybe. And now here's T.T. Schmookins with next week's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Arcade Weekly Arcade Game Audio Clue. Hello, I am Titty Schmootkins. Here is next week's We Talk Games, Video Power Magazine, Arcade Weekly, Arcade Game Audio Clue. Good luck, dudes. That's it, everybody. Go to hell. I'm a haymaker! Punch, kick, lights, camera, action, stunt double! Bye. Goodbye. gifted filmmakers of our generation. I've watched it 36 times. I defy you to find a story problem. Indiana Jones plays no role in the outcome of the story. If he weren't in the film, it would turn out exactly the same. I see your confusion. You don't understand. Indiana Jones was the one in the hat with the whip. No, I do. And if he weren't in the movie, the Nazis would have still found the Ark, taken it to the island, opened it up, and all died. Just like they did. 